Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 17th, 2022. On this podcast, I bring you the word of God on a daily basis. You get to start your day with God's word, and I give it to you in a way that is easily understandable, that you can process and digest, and more importantly, apply, that your learning can turn into living, that we turn the corner from information to application. So I give it to you in a way that you can actually go live out. So we've been studying a series and it's a series that we're going to study all year long called Intentional Progress, where this year we're not only going to pursue progress, right? Because God is a God of progression and not regression, but we're going to be intentional about it. We're going to be deliberate about the type of progress that we want to experience so that at the end of 2022, we are incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for our lives. So in this series, uh, I started to teach you about the some life lessons from the life of Jesus, and we're up to part 29 of that. So this is 29 of life lessons from the life of Jesus. I want you to prepare yourself now to receive the word, and as I release it, you receive it, you apply it, and you'll be changed by it, all for the glory of God. I trust that you've been enjoying this this, uh, study through John chapter 17. In this series, what we did, we started at John chapter 5, Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, and we looked at chapter 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, and then we got to 17. In chapter 17, I told you that this is the Lord's Prayer, not Matthew 16, Our Father Who Art in Heaven, Lord's Prayer. To me, the Lord's Prayer is John 17, where the Lord prayed for us. And so we've been studying this prayer. And today we get to the benediction. Uh, We're going to get to the closing out of this prayer, part 29 of the series. I trust that you've been enjoying it. Once again, this is part of a series where I'm going to go through all six of these stages. We're still in step number one, but I'll take my time and we'll get through it uh, and it'll take some months, but we're going to learn a lot as we go. So let's get into the benediction for this morning. We've been looking at this prayer for a couple of weeks now. We've gone through pretty much all of John chapter 17. And then this is what Jesus said in the benediction, in the closing out of the prayer. He closes by saying, oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you and they know that you sent me. I have revealed to you to them. What I did, father, is while I was on this earth for this short time, I revealed you to them And now I will continue to reveal myself to them and to reveal you to them. Then your love for for me will be in them and I will be in them. And that's how he closed out the prayer. So what does this mean for you today? I'm going to break this down into four things that we can apply to our lives on this Thursday morning. Four things. Number one, here we go. The world does not know God and you are called to do something about it. Listen, the world does not know God and you and I, we're called to do something about it. In the prayer, Jesus said, oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. Jesus understood that the world does not know the father. And he saw it as part of his mission to do something about it. Guess what? You have the same mission. Now, like, you know how 
I know people that, let's say some people come to church and they say, hey, what can I do? Like, you know, I want to know, or people say, hey, Brother Pina, you always talk about purpose. What's my purpose? Well, you have a specific tailor-made purpose, but part of your, of your purpose, part of the purpose of every believer is to reveal God in this world, right? And so here's, what can I do? Oh, here's something you could do. Here's something that's part of your mission. Show the world what God is like. Show, reveal to the world the heart of Jesus. Reveal to the world the love of God. You're supposed to be a walking, talking billboard for heaven on the, in this world, on this planet. You were born into a fallen world. Just to be clear about this, the reason why the world doesn't know God is because we were born, you and I, into a fallen state. You were born under the power of sin. You were born susceptible to the fear of death. You were born in sin, you were born shapen in iniquity. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 2 and 3, yes, in the past, your lives were all full of sin. Don't even try to act like that, like you've always been holy. Yeah, yeah, you lying. Matter of fact, John said, if you claim to be without sin, then the truth is not in you. You're lying, right? And so, so, but, but Paul says, listen, everybody, lottie dottie, everybody, in the past, your lives were full of sin. And you live just like the world lives, right? You live like the world. Don't try to act like you didn't. I know I was a sinner, and I was actually pretty good at sinning. You know, I mean, when I was in the, when I was a sinner. Now, now you live just like the world lived, following the ruler of the evil powers that are above the earth, right? You were you were a child of Satan, and you live like it. This is the same spirit that's still working in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Now, in the past, Paul said. All of us live like that, trying to please our sinful selves. We all did things in our bodies and in our minds that we wanted to do. Like everyone else in the world, we deserve to suffer God's anger because of the way that we were. And then Paul goes on to say, but God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son, Jesus. Got it. But here's my point. My point is that we all live like that. You were, you were a sinner. And I was a sinner because we were born that way. You were not a sinner because you sinned. Now, let me explain this. I don't want to get too deep on this. I've taught on this before. Look at me. You were not a sinner because you sinned. You sinned because you were born a sinner, because you were born that way. That was your nature. You, you were born with the sin nature. You were born with the inheritance of Adam. And so you needed to come in contact with the, with the last Adam. We live in a dark, dying, and decaying world. And you were born that way, which is why you must be born again. Now, once you receive Jesus as Lord, you're born again. And now the Father wants to use you as a conduit of light in this world. In a dark world, God wants to send you out as light in the midst of darkness. He wants to send you out as peace in the midst of chaos. He wants to send you out. You are the answers to the world's problems because God lives in you. You are the light that, that the dark world needs. God wants to send you out into the world. The world doesn't know God and the world will not know God unless you become a conduit of his light in this world, on this planet. Say amen to that. And you were born that way too, right? And so don't try to act like you weren't. You were born that way just like we were all born that way. Number two, the father is looking for you to reveal himself. Oh no, is the father is looking for to reveal himself to the world through you. I'm sorry. So the father is looking to reveal himself to the world and he wants to do it through you. So he wants you to be a tool in his hands. <laughs> You want something to do? Oh, what can I do at church? Oh, what can I do here? Here's something you could do every day. 
You could be a tool in the master's hands. You could be a conduit. There, there, there are people in this world that are waiting for you to become the man, the woman that God has called you to be. They're waiting for uh, There are people around you within your sphere of influence that you are called to minister to, people that don't know Jesus. Now, here's another thing. Let me just say this about that because I'm talking about reaching the world. I'm talking about evangelism. If everyone within your sphere of influence is saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized with the mind to serve the Lord. If everybody around you, if you don't ever, if you don't have any connections that are people that are not born again, then you, <laughs> you need to pray. Like I, at the end of the day, I mean, we're supposed to be reaching the world, right? If you, if you are going to live, live your life and your little Holy Ghost filled life, in an incubator and you say, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm in the world, but not of the world. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to be around people that are not saved. And, and you know, I, I don't even want to be around the world. I don't listen. Then you're, you don't understand. Jesus lived among sinners that Jesus was called a friend of sinners. You, you're in this world. You're supposed to be around everybody. And so, but they're supposed to see something different in you. And so you being a tool in the master's hands is not a matter of more trying. It's a matter of more dying. If you want to be a tool, if you want to be light, all you have to do is get out of the way. The Bible says, let God's light shine through you. You, you don't have to make the light. You just have to let the light shine. And so you allow the light of God that's already in you. Let God's light shine shine through you so that the world can see Jesus in you. People that are not saved, people that are going to hell, there is a hell. Oh, people don't talk about hell today. There's a hell and most people are going to hell and, and God is trying to reach the world and he's trying to reach the world through you and he wants to use you as a conduit of his light and his love on this in this world, on this planet. But he needs you to get out of the way. It's a matter of dying. And so in, and it's not about you trying to make anything happen. Remember, God is the one who's living on the inside of you. Paul said it this way, and we studied this before. We have this treasure from God, but we are only like the clay, the clay charge that, uh, the Glay, clay jars. I'm sorry. I'm getting too excited. We have this treasure from God. This is second Corinthians chapter four, but we are only like the clay jars that hold the treasure. And this is to show that the amazing power that we have from in this world is from God and not from us. So, so we have trouble on every side and he goes on to explain all that. But before he got into the trouble on every side, Paul was like, let me be very clear. You are the container. God is the content. God put his glory inside of earthen vessels. God put his glory down inside of you. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to walk around your God carrier, for you to walk around with God inside of you into every meeting, every conversation, all the activity, every Zoom call, and you never let God out? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost, right? And we are, we have this glory, this, this glory inside of this earthen treasure, and you walked around with this glory for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you never let him out. Come on now. God has placed this, this amazing power. And he said, the text says, God did it this way so that the power that is manifested through our lives could be seen as God's power and not our power. He doesn't need you to do anything, but get out of the way. He doesn't need you to make anything happen. He just needs you to let it happen. He just needs you to yield to him. He needs you to, to die to self and to sin and, and to get out of the way. You, when you die to sin and self and selfish desires, and you start to learn to flow with the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit, 
than the treasure that God has placed on the inside of you. You're, you're not the content. He's the content. You're the container. So you are the container and he's the treasure and you put his treasure on display. And when people come in contact with you, they will come in contact with God. And that's how we're supposed to live. Number three, people cannot see God, but they can see you and they can see God's impact through you. While Jesus was praying, he prayed. He said, Father, these disciples, they know that you sent me. Why? Because I put you on full display. The, the people who saw Jesus operate in the world, they could not deny that there was a God because they could see that God inside of Jesus. Guess what? They're supposed to see that God inside of you. They're supposed to see Jesus when they see you. When you accept Jesus as Lord and you willingly die to self and you allow God to flow through you in such a way that there is evidence that there's a God and that evidence is being flown through, uh, manifested through you. I remember um, ever increasing faith, um, um, the, the late apostle Casey Price. If you ever watched uh, uh, Apostle Price's broadcast, it used to start with evidence. Remember that? Evidence. There should be some evidence. There should be some evidence that, that there's a God and that evidence should be manifested in you. This is a line. I've never said this before. You know, sometimes God gives me something I've never heard before and I've never typed before. And I typed this out this morning. And when I typed it out, I just left it by itself. I didn't put nothing around it because this was a good line. You are the proof that Jesus is the truth. You are the proof that Jesus was the truth. Jesus is like, no, I'm sending you out and you guys are supposed to prove to the whole world that I wasn't just a prophet. I'm sending you out and I, you guys are supposed to prove to the whole world that I wasn't just a good man. I'm sending you out and you guys are supposed to prove to the whole world that I was the son of the living God, that I was born of a virgin, that I lived a sinless life, that I suffered, I bled, I died on the cross. I really did die. I went down into the grave for three nights and three, uh, three days. And after three nights and three days, I rose from the dead with all power in my hand. I ascended up into heaven and I'm coming back again in glory to judge the living and the dead. You guys go out. You're supposed to be the proof that I'm the truth. Come on now. We're supposed to show the world that there is a God and that, that Jesus came as a savior of the world and we are living epistles. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. The apostle Paul wrote a bunch of letters right? He wrote epistles to the churches. And then and, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, matter of fact, I'm writing letters, but I want you guys to know something. You guys are a living letter. You are a living letter. I'm writing letters on paper, but you guys are living letters and God is writing a letter to the world. He's writing it through you. I'm writing on paper. God is writing in your heart. See, see, God is writing a letter in Rick Pena and he's sending me out into the world to be read of men. I am a living letter. You are a living letter. We're supposed to be re read of men. We are the proof that Jesus was the truth. When people come in contact with you, they're supposed to come in contact with him. When people talk to you, they're supposed to be hearing him. When people are in your presence, they're supposed to feel the love of God. Why? Because you are the proof that Jesus was the truth. You are a living letter. When people read the story of your life, here's the problem. If there's too much of you in the way, then when people read the story of your life, all they see is you because you're full of yourself. But, but when you let God be the, the, the captain of your ship, when you let God be the, the, the star of your story, then when people read the story of your life, they will see Jesus on every page. You are a living letter and we're supposed to live that way where people are reading my life and they're supposed to see God 
every day. Say amen to that. People are reading you every day. But the question is, what are they reading? Do they see you and your fuller self or do they see God? Number four and finally, last point for today. You are called to reveal God's love and God's son on this planet. Jesus prayed for the father to be in you. And, and, and see, he actually prayed for the father's love to be manifested through you. Love is not something God has. Not, love is not something God gives out. Love is not something God does. The Bible says love is who God is. There's only two things the Bible says that God is. God is love and God is light. And so love is who God is. So love is inside of you. Light is inside of you. And so as you let God out, what's coming out? Love and light. We're supposed to be light in the midst of darkness. We're supposed to be love in the midst of selfishness. We're supposed to show the world what God is like. As Jesus was closing out this prayer in John chapter 17, he stated, the last thing he stated is that he would be in us. Not only did the father send Jesus out into the world, but in this prayer, Jesus said, I'm sending them out. I'm sending them out. I'm going to be in them and I am going to reveal myself to the world through them. We're supposed to reveal to the world what Jesus is like. Now, you don't have to work hard to do it. You just have to get out of the way. You, you don't have to work hard to do it. You just got to stop being selfish. You, you got to learn how to discern the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit leads you to do something that is contrary to your selfishness, is not what you wanted. You know, oh, I really wanted, I'm tired. I don't want to do this no more. You're being, if, if the Lord told you to do it and you don't want to do it, you're being selfish, right? Or I, I, I do want to do this, but the Lord says, no, I'm going to do it anyway. You're being selfish. And so what happens is you have a choice. So you, you, you can be sanctified or you can be selfish. You can submit to the spirit or you can submit to selfishness. But if you submit to the spirit, the world will see Jesus in you. As you minimize you, God will maximize himself. As you decrease, God will increase and the world will see Jesus in you. Let me close with some questions. I wrote down three questions that I'm going to close with. And I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to do some introspection. Let me ask you these three questions. I'm going to read them slowly and I want you to ponder them. Real talk. First question. Can the world see Jesus in me? Like for real. Can the world see Jesus in me? Ask yourself that question. Right? Second question. What am I known for? Do people even know that I'm a Christian? People that know me, what do they know me for? Like, like what do they say about me? Do people even know that I'm a Christian? If they don't, ooh. All right, last one. If you were on trial, like a court trial, if you were on trial for representing Jesus in this world, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If, 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 if there was a lawyer that said, hey, we need to prosecute, you know, your name, let's say Rick Pena, but you can replace Rick Pena with your name. This is a prosecution case against you and we're prosecuting you for representing Jesus in this world, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> I know I would be convicted right away. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I talk about, I'm good. Jesus is my life. But there's some people, honestly, that are Christians that, that don't live like that. 
there's some people that are Christians that that just want to give God Sundays or maybe a couple hours on a Sunday or Wednesdays or maybe a couple hours on a Wednesday night. And they just don't, they want to be a Christian, but they don't want God to bother them. Like, you know, they want to be a Christian, but they don't want God to like interrupt their plans. They want to be a Christian, but they don't really want to like talk about Jesus. <laughs> they want to be a Christian, but they, but just as long as it's convenient. Okay. But you're going to, you know, the question is, would you be guilty? Would there be enough to get you convicted? Right? I mean, like, are you really manifesting? Are you representing Jesus in this world? Or are you giving God your lips, but not your heart? That's between you and God. Listen, that's between you and God. All I can do is preach the gospel. All I can do is tell you what the Bible says. The, the Father and the Son want to manifest themselves in this world. They want to do it through you. It's up to you, though. They're not going to force you. If you don't want to do it, if you want to be selfish... They will let you be selfish. And either you're not born again and you're going to hell, or you are born again, but you're still selfish. You're a carnal Christian. It's not that you're natural. No, because you're naturally supernatural. It's not that you're being natural when you're being, uh, uh, you know, selfish. It's that you're being carnal. And you can be born again and still be carnal. And so if you're born again and you're carnal, you're still going to go to heaven. But you're going to go to heaven only to realize that you wasted the one life God gave you. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to waste this life. I only get one shot, like Eminem said, right? Um, that's it. I'm not going to waste this one shot. Uh, listen, the goal is that once we know Jesus, we're supposed to give him our lives. This is real talk. This is discipleship. You're, to be a disciple. The goal was never just for you to get born again. The goal was for us to make you a disciple. And for you to be a disciple, Jesus said, you got to stop thinking about what you want. You got to stop thinking about yourself. You got to stop thinking about selfish desires and you got to pursue the things that he destined for you to have and destined for you to do. Now, I will tell you though, whatever you give up for God is going to become a seed and you'll reap an amazing harvest. God's plans are better than your plans. If you submit to God's plans, he will show the world that he is alive. He will do it through you and you will get to enjoy an amazing life in the process. Let me close this out. On a, with a declaration of faith, I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I've learned a great deal about you, your love, and your grace by studying John chapter 17. I say amen to Jesus's prayer. I come in agreement and I come in alignment. I understand that the world doesn't know you. I'm here to do something about that. I am called to reveal you and your son to this world. I can't earn the assignment, but you gave it to me by grace. I could never be good enough, but Jesus was good enough for me. Therefore, I accept the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that you have given me in Christ Jesus, your son. I minimize me so you can maximize you through me. I decrease so you can increase. By faith, I declare that your love, your light, and your power flow through me in a prominent way so that when people come in contact with me, they can't deny the fact that there is a God and that Jesus is his son because they see Jesus in me.
when people come in contact with me, they will experience your love and your power. My life is all about you. This is why I can boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm gonna have another one. Apply it today. Today's word, please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please, if you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat if this was a blessing to you. And then also share this message right now. You know, this is a message people need to hear. We got to tell the world about Jesus. So here's a quick way. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. God bless you.